Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be up here after a, a three months three months off. You know, I got, had a vacation. You know, so I, <laughs> a lot of show up. You know, so I throw show up. So uh, welcome everybody online. Um, uh, today I'm going to talk about um, something uh, real near and dear to my heart. And uh, Jesus says, "Come, follow me." Come follow me. You, you, you see it in your bulletin. Uh, it's uh, some precious words by our, our Lord and Savior. Uh, Jesus said to uh, Peter and his brother Andrew, um, come follow me. Then he, uh, then he saw John and his brother James. He says, come follow me. And, and uh, you know, I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, another great example, which we're going to talk about today, which we've been studying a lot in our Sunday morning Bible study is uh, David, King David, uh, David the uh, uh, shepherd boy, uh, David the giant killer, David the sinner. Uh, God called David to follow him. And, uh, and the reason why David's called a, a man after God's own heart is because he, despite it all, he followed him. Despite it all, he followed him. He was uh, one of the worst sinners uh, that are recorded in the Bible killed, uh, committed adultery and killed husbands and actually hid it for almost a year. <laughs> so, uh, but those precious words, come follow me, speak to me. Uh, every day, you know, I think it's a war and you all know this, uh, you know, but every day Jesus says, come, follow me. It's, it's really as simple as that. Every day. We can renew our minds and hearts in God's words. And Jesus says, come follow me. Come follow me. It's, it's, it's such a peaceful thing. You know, come. Come. Come follow me. And that's what inspired this lesson today. Uh, come follow me. Um, and uh, I pray it will touch you like it's touched me. I'm going to preach about it for two weeks. Uh, and uh, we're going to start off in... Um, John chapter 10, 27 through 30. John chapter 10, 27 through 30. And my key points today, and you'll see it in the bulletin, is uh, these four things. Uh, first of all, we follow the Lord Almighty. We follow the Lord Almighty. Um, you know, I say amen to that. Personally, I follow the Lord Almighty. He's my mighty God. Uh, and then my second point in the bulletin says sometimes we follow him in a distance. Sometimes we follow him at a distance. Um, third point is uh, godly life will inspire others to follow Jesus. Uh, your, your example of a, being a godly life uh, will help others to follow Jesus. might be in your own family. might be uh, with the brothers and sisters in a Bible study. Uh, might be at work. Uh, your godly life will inspire others to follow Jesus. I can honestly tell you I've worked with guy, these two young guys who are now uh, in their 50s for 20 years, and, and God has changed their life. Um, they still haven't accepted him. Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Well, maybe one, but may not the other. But still, God has changed their life, changed their families. They don't even know it, but I, I've seen it. And, and so I praise God for that. So, you know, your, your example, 
no matter where you are, can inspire others to, to follow Jesus, whether they know it or not. Isn't that amazing what the Holy Spirit will do? Amazing. Fourth and final point is uh, come follow me to victory. Uh, there's victory in Jesus. There's victory every single day by, by hearing those words. Come follow me. There's victory. There's victory. So we're going to start uh, by number one. We follow the Lord Almighty, John chapter 10, uh, verses 27 through 30. Uh, hear Jesus' words that are written in red in your Bible. Uh, my sheep. Listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. Greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I am the Father of one. Jesus talks about uh, my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Um, boy, I, I really listen to, to uh, what Jesus has to say. I really do. I, I love the whole Bible. I really do love the whole Bible, and I gain knowledge from all the Bible. But, you know, when, uh, when we start talking in Bible study, we start talking about, you know, we do this and we do that. And I just say, uh, let's follow Jesus. He's our example. He's the great <laughs> The great shepherd, he's our greatest example. He died for us, you know. None of the other guys in the Bible did that. They were all great. You know, David's great, and, you know, Joseph's great. And, but Jesus died for me. You know, I, I listen. I pay attention when Jesus speaks. So I listen to his voice. And, you know, you know what he says here also? He says, and he knows it. He knows me. He knows you. <laughs> what a great relationship, you know. Uh, I listen to him, and he knows me. And it's just a fabulous uh, uh, relationship. And, uh, and then he goes, I know you, and you follow me. There's that, you follow me. Uh, I know you, and you follow me. Uh, you know, I, I, if he was here, I think we'd all be walking around following Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> if he was here, we wouldn't be wasting time with uh, all these other things that we sort of follow. We not, would not be wasting time. If Jesus was here... We would be following him, you know. I, I can think of no better person to follow than our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, Jesus makes a, a real good point here. Whenever he repeats something, uh, it's real important. He says, no one will snatch you out of his hand. No one will snatch you out of his hand. No one. Once you're Jesus, once you're his sheep, once you're his your follower. He said, no one's going to snatch you out of his hand. And then he repeats this, but he says, no one will snatch you out of my father's hand. That's cool, you know. Not only, <laughs> he just repeats something that's so, so awesome. You know, when you're saved, no one's going to snatch you out. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you. But you know what? He, he says ahead of time that they follow me. So, you know, there's that little thing. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not following Jesus, your soul's going to be all right, but someone else will try to snatch you. The devil. If you're not following Jesus, opening his word, praying to him, having a relationship with Jesus, like he, he says right here in the letters in red, someone else is going to snatch you. And, and a little later, we're going to read about David. And someone snatched him for a while. 
He's, they snatched him for a long time, and he wasted a lot of years. So what I'm saying to you and to myself, if we don't follow Jesus like we're supposed to, the devil will try to have his way. I've, over the years, I've seen it, I've felt it, and I've, I've wasted a number of years myself. And, uh, you know, call Jesus. Highlight verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. You know, I, I love that. There's nothing better than, than God. Nothing better. And no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and Father are one. Highlight those. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. So we're going to move on to David. Uh, David's uh, a, great follow, a great follower of uh, the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel. And uh, we're going to open up uh, the Bible to 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And you know what's, what's great is this all ties in with our Bible study we're doing on Sunday morning. Uh, the prayer warrior that David uh, is and throughout Psalms and uh, the ups and downs of David. Um, a lot of us think of David as the giant killer. He killed Goliath, you know, he, and he was king of, of Israel and uh, he, he was a man after God's own heart, but uh, he, he wasted a lot of time uh, in sin. And, and so that's what I'm sort of saying is that, you know, we can follow Jesus, but when we waste that time in sin, we can waste a lot of years, a lot of years. Uh, but Let's read 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Samuel was talking about uh, King Saul. King Saul was tall and good-looking, and... Uh, but he was going down the wrong road, you know. And so he, God said to Samuel, um, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, that's sort of what we think about David. You know, David, a man after God's own heart. God looks at your heart. And he doesn't look at the appearance, you know. Just because I'm so good looking, you know, he doesn't, doesn't pay attention to me. <laughs> I used to look like Elvis. A long time ago. Diane and I got a great picture at home, and, and uh, someone called me Elvis a long time ago, and it was so funny. And uh, I can't sing like Elvis, but, uh, you know, I, I actually thought I was Elvis, you know, and uh, so that, that, how pompous is that, you know, but it, uh, it really, God, I'm glad God looks at my heart, you know, um, because uh, I, as I grow older, I got a lot of wrinkles, and, you know, I'm getting this gray hair and this beard, and, you know, it's not about the appearance, it's really about the heart, and that's what, what we're getting at here, and then same with, with all of you, you know, we look in the mirror and we say, oh, geez, I got up this morning and really didn't look too good. And, and God doesn't care about that. You know, Diane does spend a lot of time on makeup and jewelry and, and all that. And I say, you got to look good, you know, even if you don't feel good. But uh, it, it is not the appearance that God cares about. It's, it's the heart. It really is the heart. Is your heart right with God? Is God number one in your heart and mind? That's, that's what he cares about, the heart. So move over to 1 Samuel 16, uh, 10 through 13. A little bit more about uh, David. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. 
So we asked Jesse, are, all, are these all the sons you have? Well, there's still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. I like that. You know, Samuel said, we're not going to relax till, till uh, this young shepherd boy arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Um, you know, uh, David is, uh, of course, David was born in Bethlehem. I didn't even know that until I started studying this. <laughs> born in Bethlehem, our Lord and Savior. You know, he's called the uh, son of, um, Jesus is called the son of David. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting how, how they tie together. Uh, but you notice how David was busy uh, caring for the father's sheep. Um, that's, what, that's what he was doing. Uh, he was busy caring for, the, for, the, uh, for his father's sheep. David and Jesus have a lot of things in common. You know, uh, Jesus would lay down his life for his sheep, and, and I believe so would David. He fought for his sheep. You know. Some good care uh, comparisons there. And David had a heart of a shepherd. He had a heart of a shepherd. Um, and we can learn so much about that. What kind of heart do you have? Do you have a heart of a shepherd? Are you watching out for those sheep out there that are just waiting to hear about Jesus Christ? Is that your heart? That's, that's your heart's desire? Um, you know, we can learn a lot from David. Um, and David, number one, um, he had a heart of the shepherd, and he lovingly cared for um, those little lambs and sheep. You know, I know, I know you guys got to, uh, uh, farm going on and you care for those uh, animals in a special way. It's a 24-7 job. We just had uh, Chantel and Garrett over last uh, Sunday and, and, uh, and it was interesting to hear the co their commitment to, to the animals in the farm and the, and the building and what it's done for their life. Uh, um, you can talk to them about it, but it's quite a commitment to, to care for animals and it's very important. Diane drives me crazy. She cares for our little dog Spicy like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, you know, she just has that heart, of, of that heart that cares. And that's what I'm talking about. Do you have that heart that cares? Cares for the sheep, you know. Maybe cares for the, your children in your home in a special way. that You're going you're gonna to pray with them. You're going to bring them up in the ways of Jesus Christ. You're going to say to your child, come follow Jesus. Come follow Jesus. This is what he says. You know, get the little books out that they can relate to. Come follow Jesus. Come for, and they're they're waiting for that. You're you're you you have a responsibility. That's that's the heart of a shepherd. You need to have that. Um, notice verse twelve, as I just read. So he sent for him, and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, "Rise and anoint this one. This is the one." Notice his glowing in. Uh, he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance with handsome features. I don't care how, how good you look or how bad you look. If you've got Jesus living in you, you're glowing. You're glowing. If you're not glowing, what's wrong? That's what I say. What is wrong? You've got the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, living in you. The power of the Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you've got to be glowing. And I understand this. You know, 
Diane's been bedridden for 30 years. You know, she got her little light to not to glow, but she glows all the time. And she inspires me to glow. And, 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 and so you think you got it fast. All right. Smarten up and read the word of God and start praying. That's all I can tell you. And start glowing. Because if you're not glowing, no one, you're not showing the power of the Holy Spirit and God living in you. Start glowing. You know, David was glowing, you know, and, and uh, he was ruddy in ex- appearance, they say, you know, so, and I'm sure he was good looking, but he was glowing. And that's what I'm saying about you as a Christian. You need to be glowing. You need to be showing. Your light needs to be shining. You need to be glowing. Be, be glowing like, like it says in the scriptures. Nobody likes somebody who complains all the time and puts their head down and just, oh, worries me, you know. I can only take so much of that stuff. You know, I, I say, look at the bright side, Buster. Look at the bright side. <laughs> Come on. 1 Samuel 17, 33 through 37. 33 through 37. Here we go. Saul replied, you are not able to go up against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off his sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will will be like one of the, them because he has defiled, defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. <laughs> I say we serve a Lord Almighty right there. I, I, David is uh, just a 12-year-old kid. He's not a giant. He's a 12-year-old kid, but he, he, he has put his heart and soul into, into God's word. And he feels the power of that spirit. And so David says, I came against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And I say, when you know Satan is is having his way, you need to go after Satan, and you need to face him straight on and say, I represent Jesus Christ, and he is my master, my servant, and I have nothing to do with you, Satan. Nothing to do with you, Satan. You know, be direct like, like David was with Saul. Know who you serve. You serve the Lord Almighty. And you'll take down your Goliath. Your Goliath. You know, we all have Goliaths. And we let Goliath have his way. Not today. Not today. Key point number two. Sometimes we follow Jesus at a distance. Um, and uh, this is important to, to hear and, and recognize. You know, sometimes we follow Jesus at a distance. I don't know how you do that if he's living in you. <laughs> he's living in you, but we do it. We, we put him on the back burner. We put him where we, we uh, don't think he's watching, which is so funny because he is. He's living in you. But somehow we think he's, he's over there and not here. You know, we really act like he's not in the room with us. Um, you know, we talk bad to our spouses. We treat our coworkers um, like they're our enemies. We uh, treat our children sometimes like, uh, you know, we don't want them. 
I don't get that, you know, but we do it. We follow it at a distance. Uh, read Second Samuel chapter 12, 7 through 14. And uh, these scriptures are something here as, as I read those. Um. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. Uh, this, this is, Nathan had to approach David after he had um, gotten Bathsheba pregnant and uh, had to approach David the king. And tell him that he was the man who, who uh, had her husband killed. Uh, nobody, you know, he's the king, so it takes a lot of guts to talk to the king that way. This is what, what's going on. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anointed, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave, you, uh, gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all Israel and Judah, and if all this had been too little, I would have even given you more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to the one who is close to you. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all of Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die, but because of but because by doing this, you have shown utter com uh, contempt for the Lord. The son born to you will die. Wow. You know, I mean, you, you know, we, we called David the giant killer, and we called David the man after God's own heart. But uh, David was uh, a sinner. And, you know, he'd been, at this point, he had been king of Israel for 15 years. He had everything a guy could want. Really, everything a guy could want. And for, uh, he traded it all, you know, for 15 minutes of pleasure. And uh, wow. And that's what I mean. You know, you, here's a man after God's own heart, and he, he traded it for, for 15 minutes of pleasure. So he was following God uh, at a distance. He was keeping God where he wanted to be so he could do what he wanted to do. And then what happened? He suffered for the, pretty much the rest of his life, um, even though he, he kept his faith, he repented, and uh, he praised God, and he wrote the Psalms, but he, his own son went after him, chasing him down. He wanted his title. Uh, he lost a child. Uh, his other children weren't happy. You know, so I'm saying when we follow God at a distance, instead of putting him first, put, send, instead of having him right here and saying, God, I want to follow you. We put him at a distance. Things can happen. <laughs> Things can happen. In verse 20, uh, 12, 20 through 24, sometimes I get talking and forget my spot, but I found it. <laughs> Chapter 12, 20 through 24, then David got up from the ground. After he had washed and put on his lotions and ch changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and at his request they served him food and ate. His attendants asked him, Why are you acting this way? 
While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows? Uh, the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. So David loses uh, the child with Bathsheba. Um, he fasts, but then he says, the child's dead. I repent of my sins, God, and I'm going to move on. And, uh, and I think the lesson there is uh, David didn't dwell in his sin. He repented. He had a heartfelt repentance. He had a he had a heart after God, uh, God's, you know, after God, and he uh, so he moved on. He returned to God, and God faith, uh, forgave him. But like I said, he paid dearly for that passion, uh, and that's what putting God at a distance will do to us. Um, so it's a good lesson to learn. Good lesson to learn. Now let's move on to Peter. Peter's always a good one to, to look at. And uh, what a great example of uh, sort of like David, in a way. You know, he, he followed Jesus really uh, aggressively, and then he, uh, then he stood at a distance while he was being crucified. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter... 22, Luke chapter 22, uh, verses 31 through 34. The only thing I don't like about that thing in back of me, you know, everybody gets the scriptures before I do. <laughs> so I don't mind. You know, I get to learn my Bible quicker this way, you know, you get to learn where all the books are and all that. So here we go. Luke chapter 22, I'm going to read 31 through 34. Um, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Um, as I read these scriptures, and uh, I'm reading Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. Uh, what a warning to us and to the world, you know, because uh, nothing Satan loves more than getting into your weak spot. He loves it. He loves whatever it is. He loves it. It might be, I don't know what it is. I know what mine are, and I pray for them all the time. And uh, I pray, to, I go to the Word, and, and, I, and I ask, and, and God delivers. But you've got to know, if, if Satan was going to go after uh, Jesus' apostles, he's going to go after you. He's going to go after you. And, uh, so don't, let, don't fall in that distance. Don't let Satan have his way. Because uh, you know, Satan wanted to crush Peter and the others. That's what he wanted to do. He didn't just want to. Just didn't want to tempt him a little bit and say, ah, oh, you know, they'll follow Wayne, go do something. Satan wanted to crush him. If he crushed the, those, those disciples, he could stop the word of God, he thought. I doubt if he could, no matter what. But truly, Satan is after to crush us. Not, he's not after just to make an inconvenience on you. He wants to stop you, what you're doing right now. Uh, let's read 22, 54 through 62 of Luke. 22, 54 through 62. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Notice, P 
Peter, Paul at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seating there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are the one of them. Man, I am not, says Peter. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Hmm. Then Peter remembered the words of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter followed him at a distance. Here's, uh, here's a guy, Jesus just washed his feet. He followed him around for almost three years. And Peter's following him at a distance. And uh, verse 61 always speaks to me. Um, verse 61, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Uh, two heroes of the Bible, David and Peter, they wept bitterly. They wept bitterly. Um, but it didn't stop there, right? It didn't stop there. You know, I, I can't stop there. You know, I got to move on because godly lives inspire others. Point number three, godly lives will inspire others. And I lo really love this part because there's nothing better for me than sitting in a Bible study and hearing seeing all the Bibles open around the table this morning. A record of how many, 20 people, Don? 20 people. All had their Bibles spread out, reading it, sharing it. Inspired people. Why were they inspired? Because someone inspired them along with Jesus. Maybe it was another Christian man or another Christian woman. But it, it, someone made a difference in their lives to bring them to the point where they're the same with you. Someone inspired you along the way. And, uh, you know, and, and we need that. I always say I need to learn from someone smarter than me. I'm not that smart. I need someone smarter. You know, it, God is the ultimate smart guy, but it always helps if I study with someone like Nicholas. Nick's learned the, the word so well, and I'm so proud of him. But, and I love going for a ride with Nick because I'm learning so much. And, and imagine that, the old man and the son's teaching him. And, and, I, and I've been doing it a, long, a lot longer than he has, but, you know, he's smarter than I am because... <laughs> Because he is in it all the time. That's why he's, I love Nicholas when he preaches. I just fill in a couple of weeks to give him a break. But I love his preaching, and, and you guys too. You know, and, uh, and so that's what I'm saying. Godly lives will inspire others. And you have someone in your life that needs to be inspired. Yeah, so smile. <laughs> smile. Let the love of Jesus be the light of your life and, and inspire someone else. Uh, back to Samuel. 1 Samuel 18. Now, what's cool, we've been into Samuel a lot. I tell everybody, read 1 and 2 Samuel. Uh, there's so much in there. We know the, the prayer of uh, Hannah was, was awesome. And then, you know, then it goes on to David and, and everything. And so 1 and 2 Samuel, to me, is a must-read in the Old Testament. Get into it and read, read God's Word. And, uh, and 
and uh, really it'll make a difference in you. You know, you'll go from a, a terrible prayer to a great prayer because Hannah inspired me to pray even better. And it's right in the beginning of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 18. Five through nine. Here we go. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officials, officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the, the women came out from, from all the towns of Israel to, to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and timbrels and lyres, and they danced. They sang, Saul has slain thousands, and David has tens uh, and David has tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Well, you know, Saul could have been inspired by David if he hadn't let Satan have his way. Imagine that. You know, it's just like I've been inspired by Nicholas, you know. Saul could have been inspired by David if he wouldn't have let Satan have his way. So, so godly lives will, will inspire others. Um, godly leadership, um, as bad as David was at, at times, you know, he had his guys who followed him through thick and thin. David had his guys in, who followed him through thick and thin. They would lay down their lives for him. So his, his life inspired others. In fact, let's read a little bit in First uh, Samuel 22, 1 and 2, just over a couple pages. First Samuel 22, 1 and 2. I like this one. It really is a, it's pretty neat when I read it. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adalim. So here he is in a cave. He's on the run. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented, gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. See what I'm saying about inspiring other people? Even his brothers, remember his brothers didn't like him when he went up against Goliath? Remember that little, you know, you're not going to go up against Goliath. You're just a little shepherd boy. Go back and tend your sheep. Well, those same brothers right here gathered around him when his brothers and his father's household heard about him. They went down to him there. They went down to be with their king, King David, their little brother. And then 400 men were with them also. I'm telling you, your godly life will inspire others. And, and don't, don't miss that one. Finally, uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Luke 5, 1 through 11. Back to Luke. Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the, the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw, saw at the water's edge two boats left, them, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for catch. Simon answered, Master, I'm tired. Oh, I'm exhausted. We've worked hard all night. 
You haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I'll let those nets down. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, and the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon, Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. You see what following Jesus will do to you? You'll leave everything behind. <laughs> that's, that's really a waste of time. And you'll follow him. You know, I still work really hard at the restaurant and, and work really hard at taking care of Diane. But, you know, there's nothing that will stop me from following Jesus. That's number one. Simple as that. When are we going to get it? It's not that we've got to leave our jobs behind. Well, maybe we will. I don't know. But if you follow Jesus, he'll put everything into place. Everything falls into place. Every single day falls into place. Every minute of my life falls into place when I'm following Jesus. It's simple as that. And, and this, this, that, that, this message is so simple, and, you know, but I'm saying, let Jesus inspire you to inspire others. You know, don't don't hold, hold on to what you got. You've got something special. Um, last point. I'm going to wrap this message up. Fourth point, come follow me to victory, Jesus says. Uh, back to Psalms <laughs> 25, uh, 8 through 15. We, we've been studying this, actually, for a couple, couple, two or three weeks in our Bible study, Psalms 25, 8 through 15. Uh, David says, uh, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful to those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive me uh, iniquity, though it is great. Who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. They will spend their days in prosperity, and the descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord. For only he will release my feet from the snare. David sees victory. David sees victory. He's gone through so many things, but he sees victory. He says, who then are those who fear the Lord? He will instruct them in the ways they choose. They will spend their days in prosperity. He knew there was going to be prosperity. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, some days there aren't. But most days there are. That's the way I look at it. I, I, I've told many people I feel like the luckiest man in the world only because I follow Jesus. And if you could say the same thing. And if you don't feel that way, I pray that you would get into God's word and pray and, and come follow him. And there, there really is, is no other way. Trusting God always brings victory. Back to John 8, verse 12. And I got so much out of Nick's um, preaching from John. Um, I don't know about you, but I've gotten so much out of it, and I've grown so much out of it, and uh, I can't wait till he gets back up in another week or so and starts doing it again. But John chapter 8, just verse 12. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The great I am says to you right here and right now, you are the light of the world. Follow me. You, your light will shine bright. And I'm telling you, that's what I'm saying today. Your light will shine bright. We serve a real and living God. There is victory in Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind. And I pray there's no doubt in your mind that you follow a real and living God, Jesus Christ. And you will be the light of the world. You're not going to cover that up. You're not going to put the lampshade over your head when you go home tonight and watch whatever you used to watch. You're going to change the ways you live and follow him in a special way, starting right now. Right? Why wouldn't you? You know, that's what, that's what we get up and preach and teach about. I'm not up here to waste my time. I'm up here to preach God's word, teach it what Jesus has taught me, and go on from there. And that's why I'm here. The great I am is telling you, follow me to victory. Uh, read with me 1 John 5, 4 and 5. More from John. 1 John Five verses four and five. Now hear me, hear these scriptures, brothers and sisters. Listen to them. Write them down. They're in your bulletin. Circle them, then go highlight them in your Bible when you go home. Four and five. <coughs> okay. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Victory, brothers and sisters. You're an overcomer. Sorry, you're, you're, you are chosen. You are an overcomer. You better get used to it. <laughs> You've got to change things if you're not an overcomer, because you are an overcomer. God doesn't lie. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. You're born of God. He has overcome the world um, and what it is, it's our faith. It boils down to faith in Jesus Christ. Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You follow Jesus and victory is yours. You're an overcomer. I encourage you to highlight that, as I said earlier. Um, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Final scripture. Read with me. Matthew chapter 19, 16. Two thirty. And this is a great scripture. Um, actually, I marked it, and I didn't even know it, but here it is. Chapter nineteen, sixteen through thirty. Then, just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, "Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life?" Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had uh, great wealth. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then shall be, can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. The young man says, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't give that part up. And a lot of us say we can't give that part up, whatever that part is. Brothers and sisters, give it up. Give it up. You know, you might think you can't do it. Well, what did uh, Jesus just say? With God, all things are possible. Written in red, I believe he said that. <laughs> he wouldn't lie. All right, with God, all things are possible. My point is, um, you know, put Jesus uh, first and uh, everything will change. Don't follow him at a distance. Jesus says, come follow me and you'll inspire others. There's nothing better than doing that. Um, Jesus says, I will show you real victory. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And Jesus says finally to Peter, uh, you must follow me. You know, we, we really don't have an option. <laughs> if you're a Christian here today, which most of us are, you don't have an option. Follow him. Follow him, and uh, he will change your lives. Follow him uh, like David did, and despite what you've done, he will change your life. Follow. Jesus says, come follow me. You know, but, you know, it's, it's really says, come. You know, we have to come. You have to make that decision to come to him, you know, and follow him. So um, that's the end of my lesson. Uh, please come follow Jesus and change your ways this week, and uh, I'll do it again next week, more on following Jesus. Stand and sing the song of invitation. If you'd like to have prayers with someone up front, come forward as we stand and sing if you can. Thank you.